Welcome to another episode of Hoopsology. I am Justin Goodrum, joined by Matt Thomas. What's up, man? What's up, Justin? We have a whole new world of basketball in the West. The Lakers are gone. I know many people are bummed about that. I'm actually really excited about that. We can talk about why as we go along here. But man, things are already not as predicted after the first round in the NBA playoffs. But uh, how's your Sunday going? Uh, Sunday's going pretty good. I'll be lying if I wasn't disappointed in terms of the Clippers making it to the next round. <laughs> I Me too. You and our buddies, I'm like, eh, wanted to see Luca, But, you know, the Clippers definitely have the depth, so we'll, we'll get into that. But, yeah, we're in the Elite Eight of the playoffs, uh, moving right along. So we, we have a lot to discuss and a lot of content coming your way um, on our podcast feed and on the Off the Glass Basketball Network uh, featuring two hosts of their great podcast. Um, first, Kyle Russell. He is the host of Heater's Gonna Heat. Um, that interview is going to be coming at you Wednesday, um, breaking down the Miami Heat, everything concerning Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, um, Adonis Haslam, um, and just where the future of that franchise is going. And then Tuesday of this week, we have Dr. Justin Quinn, I'm host of the Celtics Lab podcast. Um, he's going to just break down everything going on with the Boston Celtics. Um, really is a good job of summarizing just a roller coaster. I mean, it's just been pretty nuts with I mean, You mentioned the players, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Kimba Walker, just Tatum and Brown, just everything that's been going on this season. He's a really good job of summarizing um, what's been going on with that team, including its fan base as well. So uh, we have our main show, which you're watching now, along with two great interviews coming up this week. So stay tuned to our podcast feed. So, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, if you guys are wondering why we don't mention Danny Ainge here on the main show, uh, that's because yeah. we're saving Dr. Justin's. Uh, uh, excellent insights exactly. on that interview. So definitely stay sure. tuned to that. It's coming. We we didn't space it or anything like that. <laughs> no, he goes pretty in-depth. So we'll have plenty of uh, content um, in particular about the Boston Celtics coming up this week as well. So, man, let's kind of recap where we're at in the playoffs. And, of course, we got to discuss the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, plenty of drama, plenty of injuries. The defending champions are gone. The preseason favorites are gone, eliminated by our buddy Josh is one of his favorite teams. He has two favorite teams. I don't understand that, but that's another topic for another day. Nevertheless, the Suns um, defeat the Lakers 113-100 um, to win the series four games to two with Anthony Davis is getting hurt um, in that elimination game. Um, I guess before we get to the Lakers in terms of kind of – I don't know if you want to summarize this season. The main topic was Anthony Davis. He clearly did not look right out there. You know, we saw Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith wondering what the hell is he doing out there. Yeah. He clearly looks injured. He clearly is a liability out there. He, he can't play and end up getting hurt. And what's what we'll have to wait and see what happens in terms of he's, if he's going to be out for a extended period of time. But your initial thoughts on seeing Anthony Davis just hobble out there. I mean, it shows, I guess, Braver. I don't. I don't know. It's about. I don't know. If it's brave, but toughness. He's tough. Um, so I, I. I wanted to ask you. I think somebody brought this up. I want to say on first take, and I thought it was a valid question, but I disagree with it pretty strongly in terms of him going out there to prove his critics wrong. Because you know Charles Barkley called him street clothes, Davis or yeah. some stupid name, and just yeah. with him always being injured, so. You know, there was speculation that motivated him to play in this game when he was actually legitimately pretty injured. So do you think that had anything to do with it? Or do you think he just wanted to be out there and just play with his team? I wish I think he just wanted to be out there and just try to help his team win. I don't think he was listening to Charles Barkley. 
I guess maybe it shows my bias about the newer generation of players, but I, I would venture to say that Anthony Street Clothes Davis played a, a factor in that. I mean, oh. the, the TNT show is huge. I mean, it's, sure. it's still, sure. uh, you know, maybe not with the younger generation of fans, sure. but I would say with majority of fans, they tune into those shows after the games are over or, sure. you know, even even just leaving the TV on after those games are up. I mean, they, they are still huge uh, narrative makers and, and narrative directors on that show. Fair or not, you know, whether, whether we agree with the point or not. So I do think it, it played a factor and helped. I still would say though, that it, it was sincere that Anthony Davis wanted to help his team out. I, I certainly wouldn't take that away from him. And it is hard to watch. I think Anthony Davis said he couldn't move to the right. Um, it, it was one direction, either to the right or to the left. He just felt like he did not have any sort of lateral capacity with his movement in that direction. And you can't play the sport of basketball, as as you know, without being able to cut one direction. No chance. A defense yeah. will eat you alive, and you're just not going to be able to do anything on the offensive side of, side of the ball. I do like to see the heart from – the Lakers there, um, at, at least in those early stages, you know, of course the end result makes it seem like it was, it was a feeble attempt, but I do like seeing the attempt. Of course, we hope that he didn't make that injury any worse than it already was. And it's, it's just hard to watch someone play hurt, but you know, I, as, as much as I criticize the Lakers and probably will in a few minutes here, <laughs> I, I want to give him a hand for doing that. And I, I appreciate that he cared. So those are my thoughts. I don't know. Do you, do you tend to think he probably tuned out the inside the NBA guys? I just feel like he's going to play regardless. Like I just yeah. can't imagine him sitting. Like yeah, maybe unless so. doctors cleared him, so I just can't imagine him. Just then, he's gonna sit, and I just think, I think to your point, maybe it would just look bad on his part if he was to get cleared and then he was to decide, hey, I'm gonna sit. Maybe that was like, hey, like it kind of looks bad if the doctors cleared me. I should just give it a go and to see what happens. Yeah, you know, it's a risk. I mean, look what we saw with Kevin Durant. I mean, he yeah. was cleared. He looked awesome. He got really, really hurt, and all hell broke loose. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a massive risk, and I'm surprised that wasn't really brought up in this conversation either. It seems like everybody just forgot. So, to me, I, I mean, I don't question Anthony Davis's toughness. That's not a thing I question. I, clearly, he's a champion, and he, he doesn't really have to prove how tough of a player he is. Um, I just think sure. that the long game, especially him as a big man, and you know, it is a factor. Of him possibly taking, and I may, I may be a little bit overreacting to this, but maybe taking some time off his overall career if you're going to play in, you know, injured in these games, and then you have <clears throat> this long period of time where you might have to start the season later than usual. So I kind of think you have to kind of lose the battle to win the war, kind of to speak there, for sure. Yeah, it depends on the severity of the injury, of sure. course. I mean, we know that he played in game six where he got injured just before the half. He had a sprained yeah. knee going into that, and then that sure. turned into a strained groin, I believe, was was the injury. I don't think there was a tear. Sure. But, um, you know, we, we don't know if that injury was worsened all that much. If it's simply a strained groin, I would imagine that – uh, you know, armchair doctor here. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine that in a couple months he's going to be ready to roll, but it definitely so. will help that, you know, they're going to have a full off season this year. 
uh, to recuperate. So, of course, we we want to see these teams at at 100% at all times. It's just unfortunately in these playoffs. I mean, look at, you know, last night we had James Harden go down with a hamstring injury, sure. it, 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 which was nagging towards the end of the season, and it came back, unfortunately. It's just been something that has happened uh, with with the NBA this season. It's been part of the narrative, unfortunately. And, you know, we'll have to reach out to our buddy Jeff Stotts and see yeah, how those injury tallies compared the last few months of the season since we had him on. But um, it, it does seem like those injuries are up. Yeah. So, you know, you, you do what we can. So uh, injuries is going to be a part of this next question, which is looking at an overview of the Los Angeles Lakers performance. Honestly, for the Lakers, and maybe call me a Lakers apologist, I think you kind of throw this season out. There's lots of injuries. They're the defending champs, limited rest. Who cares about this season, quite honestly? Um, but yet, you know, the Lakers are the glamour team in the NBA and all sports, quite honestly. LeBron, you know, we, we know what comes with him, uh, along with how this team is built. Coming to like next season, I guess my question is, do you think there's going to be pressure in terms of, you know, what we would normally see? I mean, I guess what my question is, not necessarily with the Laker fan base, but I think that's a different question. But I guess overall with media, do you think the Lakers are going to take a lot of crap for basically what happened here? Because I think they should take none. I think like I think we're on the same page. Limited rest, you know, guys got injured. I think LeBron was on track to have an MVP type season. He gets hurt, that goes up in smoke. Um, you know, and then you have the injury troubles with LeBron and Anthony Davis against the Phoenix Suns, who are hot right now. So I guess in the end, I kind of don't take this season super seriously. And I think in the next season, they're probably, I would call them one of the favorites to come out of the West fairly easily, um, in my opinion. And am I giving the Lakers am I being too nice to them, or do you think they should be judged more harshly? No, I, I think in terms of an on the court perspective analyzing this series i mean it really it really was a tale of two series almost i mean you had sure. the first 3 to 4 games where the lakers looked like they were going to be able to handle this even though no disrespect to the suns they looked great as well but when ad was firing on all cylinders i think particularly in game 2 and 3 if i'm not mistaken uh the the lakers had a good handle on this series he goes out he becomes you know much less than 100 percent um and it's over so i i don't think uh you know look and i think the media is going to push stuff no no matter what to try and sure, get fans sure. riled up try to get reactions i think fans though overall are are smarter even more so than like the 90s when you and i grew up watching basketball i i think people understand that if this team was 100% healthy, they should. They were favored by Vegas, for example, to start the series. I mean, one of the first times, maybe the first time, that a seven seed has been favored over the two seed uh, going into that game one. So I, I think fans realize that if this team is 100%, they should be a title favorite. I think that comes with some pressure, which can come with some criticism if they get off to a slow start. But yeah, I, I don't think... I think the only criticism I'd give to the Lakers is the off the court stuff after the game with like LeBron not staying to shake hands and uh weird post post press conference interview that, you know, you and I talked about a little bit uh, earlier this week, but um, the, on the court stuff, I, I don't, 
I don't see any reason to criticize him now. It's clear LeBron's pretty tired yeah. too. Yeah, he has. Well, let's talk about that because yeah. I don't understand why he's leaving the court. I think it's pretty disrespectful. You're the elder statesman of this league. You're the most popular player in this league. I like LeBron. I'm a fan of LeBron. I, I respect him, but I don't know what he was thinking. I don't understand. I think I heard the excuse of he's getting treatment or something. I was like, what? What, what treatment? Your season's no, over. What? No, I don't weird. understand. Like, what are you talking about? So that was weird. And then the post game press. Yeah, the post game press conference. I, extremely disrespectful talking about Space Jam. I because. I mean, we have differing opinions about like why we were offended, <laughs> but I think we're both offended. We just have different kind of takes on it. Like to me, I don't give a crap about the Olympics. He played in the Olympics. He won a gold medal. Who cares? I think he that was offensive from like the Lakers. Like your team just lost. Like what are you doing? Instead of yep. talking about your Space Jam movie, like I don't understand. You're trying to get a promo in. I just thought, you know, that's not the time or place to talk about, you know, trying to battle the Monstars 2.0. Like, who cares? Like, so what a horrible situation to promote yeah. the movie. Like, you just yeah, so, lose in the first so, round, so, and you're you, you're using that as your promotion for the movie. <laughs> and it's stupid oh. because people are going to watch the movie anyway. So it's just like it was mad corny. Like, dude, like, what are you doing? So yeah. that I thought I was just offended. <sighs> that way and and highly uncharacteristic i don't know i was like lebron has more media savvy he's more self-aware than to do something like that and i don't know maybe you have a differing opinion on this but i don't think he took at the amount of heat as i thought he was going to it is i don't know it it just seemed like i mean maybe skip bayless killed him on his show but other than that I, i didn't see him really get too much criticism the days after he said that so i don't know Maybe it's Chelsea's checked out. He maybe he has needs a vacation. Just go to a tropical beach somewhere. But just to plug your, you know, probably I don't know. I liked the first Space Jam, even though it was a horrible movie. Uh, the second one, eh, I don't know. Um, I, I I just thought it was just very tone deaf, in my opinion. How about yourself, man? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we're we're on the same wavelength on on a lot of these things. Um, you know, it's you're the face of the league. I, I think gradually since the decision, which, you know, I'll fully admit, I, I rooted for those heat teams that LeBron was on. I, I rooted for him after the decision. I, I supported that. Um, but I think he gradually has grown less and less self-aware um, from things that he said. And this being a very prime example, I mean, you you have to know as LeBron James that walking off the court without shaking that opposing team's hand. I mean, yes, like, like we, we shared that, uh, we talked about in our group chat, you know, him sharing his jersey, him swapping jerseys with Devin Booker, and that yeah. being like a sign of respect, which it is. The problem is that needed to happen on the court, or at least you, you dab up on the court and then say, hey, me, me, nice. for a jersey switch. You Agreed. Know? So, Agreed. Um, I don't know, just wasn't handled well. And then, yeah, I, I won't... Um, go too long on this because you said that really well but i i think i have no problem with lebron passing on the olympics i i do take issue with saying like so so i want to be really clear in in my problem with this is saying no i'm gonna play the monsters even though it's a joke instead of going to the olympics that's where it's like a little bit what when really all that's needed to say is Guys, I, I'm getting off an ankle injury. 
I, I'm not a hundred percent. I need to take this off season off. We've been playing for a long time. We had a shortened okay. off season this year. I mean, everyone's pretty sympathetic to that. That's true. Um, I think that's all you need to say. And and like you said, I mean, they're, they're already promoting space jam too, like crazy. He didn't yeah. need to say that, no. but if I'm a Lakers fan, I, I'm furious that LeBron is sitting there talking about his movie for one thing with a smile on his face. That's true. Instead of in this moment, you know, you could even mention it. You could say, you know, I, to be honest, I'm really excited for the next few months. I have a movie coming out, but right now, I'm just really angry about this loss and I need to, I need to work with my teammates and get a good plan for next year to come back stronger. I mean, the easy piece of cake, LeBron at me, I will, I will write a PR (laughs) for you. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I I just, um, I don't know. I I was shocked to see it, but then I, I guess not, not too shocked. I I don't know. It's, it's been weird. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It was just baffling just to hear him um, talk that way. Um, any other thoughts on the Lakers before we kind of move on to the Suns and we kind of shift to um, what their chances are going to be um, against the Denver Nuggets? Do you think quickly, I don't want to make this a whole huge thing, sure. but you know, it was, a, it was a conversation that I felt was worthy. I mean, with the West being open this year, I mean, what do you think the chances are that LeBron comes back healthy, puts up MVP-like numbers? We always talk about Father Time being undefeated. Famously, in the late 2000s, it was like Tim Duncan that everyone was like, man, sure. this guy is playing great, like into the 2015 uh, season, or I'm sorry, the 2014 when they won the title. Um, how much longer do you think LeBron has here? Do you still see him playing until he's 40? Or did we see a little bit of... I don't know where in his tires. The thing with LeBron that makes him highly dangerous is he doesn't have to score a lot to kill you. He's so True. multifaceted. He's and so efficient. varied and he's extremely smart. So, and he takes extremely care of his body and they can set him. So even if he plays 70% of the games, he rests sporadically throughout the season. And let's say he's feeling spry enough to go for the MVP. That's cool. But if not, if the, the Lakers are in that four to one seed. They're going to be a massive threat. And as he's saving himself for the playoffs, that's when he can go on out along with Anthony Davis. That's what makes him extremely dangerous. And that's why when he's on a team, they're the perennial favorite. It's just, he's, he, his game is just so varied that way. Um, he's like, and he's unlike any other player I've ever seen in the NBA. So I don't think there is anything like a step loss or anything like that. I think where the concern comes into play is something like a Kobe where, when was his Achilles injury? Was that like 2012 or something when he's, I don't know. I can't remember. It's later um, than that. I, I think it was uh, 2016. I want to say. He, he um, had some major injury before that. Just like, I think it was like right before, right? Yeah. It was right before he signed like the extension or something like that. You're right. Cause he went and got that stem cell stuff done yeah. in Germany. Yeah. You're right. So I, I'm just, we haven't seen that yet. So I don't think there's any concern I think once we see like the massive like ACL tear and this the massive just injury in which he's out for the entire year, I think that's when you question Ken is can he be back to his normal self? Um, I would say compared to somebody like a Kevin Durant, which he has plenty of years on his career, and he's extremely efficient too. Where I think LeBron, I don't know, Kevin Durant has more of a finesse type of game. I don't want to like diss him, but sure, he's sure, the type I know of that's true. That 
I don't, I mean, LeBron is more physical um, in terms of where he can play on the court where Durant kind of sticks to what he does. So I think a major injury to LeBron, I'd be a lot more concerned if that were to happen um, in the stage of his career for sure. Yeah, right on. I real quick, I think yeah. just what what I kind of noticed is how look, credit to the Suns. They came out in that game yeah. and just like punched the Lakers right in the mouth. I mean, Devin Booker was going off. They were hitting tons of three-pointers in that first quarter. I have shut the door right away. Mm-hmm. But I think what LeBron needs now is somebody else to be putting in like the kind of the effort guy. And that needs to be Anthony Davis. Like the, he needs to be the primary scorer more often than not. Not that LeBron can't do that at times, but I don't think we're ever going to see the like LeBron with Matthew Della Vadova beside him leading the Cavs to almost upset the Warriors. Yeah, not you know, with other players injured. Like he needs his sidekicks to stop getting injured at this point, <laughs> which I think is a fair fair request. Um, so. That's the only thing I see. I don't think LeBron should be like the the one A anymore, and he may be that as far as like controlling the ball, making the decisions on the court, like you mentioned, because his intelligence is his greatest asset, along with traditionally his durability. Um, but I, I think Anthony Davis has to step up and and be that spark, and that that's no new revelation. I don't think that was kind of the plan all along with the Lakers. So that's all I've got there. Well, that's true. I mean, a lot of people are questioning Anthony Davis in terms of if he can stay away from the injuries. I mean, that is that's true, um, and I think that's that's going to be key, especially for a big man. I mean, that's kind of a sensitive subject in terms of you know if they can stay healthy on the court. So we'll have to wait and see. I think you're right, though. He just he can't do. We're past the stage where he can just carry the team by himself. I mean, we're past that already. Um, go ahead, man. No, no, no. You're you're spot on. Yeah, let's get to the Suns if if you want to go there next. Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hop into the kind of next round of the playoffs here. Um, and we can kind of allude to the Dallas Mavericks as well later on with the Portland Trailblazers in terms of their futures as well. But hopping in, we, we have the Elite Eight. We're in the conference semis. And let's start in the Western Conference and let's start about the Phoenix Suns, um, Denver Nuggets. This is uh, our buddy Josh's favorite series by far. This is his dream series. I mean, he's just in cloud nine right now. Um, <laughs> the bummer, I think, for the Suns is, you know, Chris Paul also, I think, got hurt um, in that game as well. So, we don't know the, the health status of really what's going to happen with him um, in this series here. I like Denver in this series. Mm. I think Jokic is the difference maker. I think very clearly just by his performance against Portland. I mean, I, I have a soft spot for Damian Lillard and we'll talk about that later on. I mean, but it's just the bottom line is just Denver's just a more complete team. And I think I believe that here. Um, I don't think anybody's going to stop the Joker. Um, I like Denver in seven because uh, I respect Booker. I think he's a superstar in this league. Um, some people are comparing him to Kobe in terms of his scoring ability. I don't know if I see that yet. But certainly I do think he's a superstar in this league, but I just don't think it's a bad matchup. And I like um, Denver um, in seven games. How about yourself? Nice. I actually – this is going to be great because uh, – because we disagree a bit on cool. this. I yeah, uh, I have Phoenix in six. Okay. Um, wow. And I, so I think this round is where 
And okay, so this is predicated on the defense that I just saw kind of demoralize LeBron James. I think they're going to, I, I think you're right that they won't be stopping Jokic, but I think they can use some of those swarming strategies. And this may be the series where the Jamal Murray injury catches up to the Denver Nuggets in that if they don't have explosive scoring from Michael Porter Jr., which, hey, maybe they very well may. He's the key. Agree. I I think he's the X factor in this series, uh, along with, of course, that Chris Paul injury and how serious that is. I mean, if, if the Chris Paul injury is more serious than I think, then sure, Denver could take this series. These are two great teams. But um, I think given the defense that I just saw, given the momentum from beating the Lakers, and then given the overall balance of that team, and that I'm I'm still not 100% sold on Denver's defense at this point. Like We thought that Aaron Gordon was going to be this great stopper when he came yeah. to the nuggets and this is not to rip on his defense or anything, but Portland gave them a lot more of a scare than I, I thought Portland was going to give them. And I did pick Denver in that series, but um, I, I think there are some vulnerabilities there and that's why I'm picking Phoenix in six. So this will, this will be great. We'll have a little bit of, a little sure. bit of skin in the game, so to speak on, yeah. uh, on which team wins and advances into the day. I love both of these teams. So I'm, I'm excited for whichever one of them does advance. They're both really fun to watch. And I think this series is going to be a lot more fun to watch than Clippers versus the jazz, just in terms of the on the court basketball. I I think the ball movement, the offense is going to be really pretty. I think the desperation is going to be better to watch for the Clippers and jazz because those are two desperate teams. Mm. So the loser is going to look horrible. I mean, I, I just think I like desperation <laughs> in terms of yeah. the playoffs. And I think it makes teams play harder. And I think, again, with the Lakers being out, I think the door's wide open for the Clippers. They don't have any excuses. I mean, where everybody was trying to proclaim Kawhi Leonard the king of Los Angeles. Well, here you go. Like, the mm-hmm. path is right here. Right. Even though you're the fourth seed, I mean, you have Paul George. You have the team is built, I think, to beat the Utah Jazz. We can maybe jump to that. I, I don't think we spent too much time. Honestly, these are two teams I'm not really into, to be completely honest. I think they're two fraud teams. But I, I do – I think there's a lot of stories here. I think, to me, it's weird because I don't like watching them play, but I like some of the players. It's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird feeling I have because – I'm intrigued to see what do we make of Donovan Mitchell because people are talking about a lot of crap about this guy the entire season about him not being a superstar player. Here's a chance to prove it. And if they and lose, he's the, the most fun to watch, right? Yeah, he's yeah, the 100. most fun one to watch. Thousand percent, whole series. Yep. Exactly right. And so if they go down, if they lose, it's going to look badly on him. It's like what else? Ultimately, if you're this, if you're trying to you know build the Jazz, and I think Dwayne Wade's a part of this you know ownership team, and you're trying to figure out. What is it going to take for the Jazz to win? And if they lose to the Clippers, this would be pretty demoralizing. Like, I mean, you pretty much have to say you have to get like a high quality free agent. It's the only way because building your team through the, the draft and, you know, and trying to building it organically clearly is a failure if you can't get past the Clippers. So this is a make or break series. And for the Clippers, 
it's one of those things with like Paul George's legacy, Kawhi's legacy, because Kawhi will ever be linked to, you know, that team with the Toronto Raptors, right? And also with the port with um, I'm sorry, the San Antonio Spurs too. So he's golden, I think. But Paul George, it, it, it's going to look terrible on his part as well. So I think there's a lot to prove on both these teams. Um, my prediction for this, let me pull this up here. Um, at the Clippers in six, I really do. I just don't the scoring. And when it, we saw it with the Dallas Mavericks, I think it's going to be very similar to the Mavericks series where I'll, only I think it's going to go six. Um, I just think Kawhi's is going to be too much of a difference there. Um, and I think it's just going to be pretty sad to see Donovan Mitchell play well and not and not be enough. So I have the Clippers in six. How about you? I have agreement with you here. I also picked the Clippers in six. Um, the momentum, for one thing, after getting that, that win against Luka – combined with the experience of Kawhi Leonard. Now, we said a long while back that we weren't going to pick the Clippers in anything until they showed us something. But I saw Kawhi Leonard smiling. I saw him clapping at his teammates. Yeah, you mentioned that. uh, Which is weird i don't i don't even think he did that in toronto when he won the title like i I don't even know if he smiled when he hoisted up that trophy uh so so we saw something from Kawhi here so i'm a little i'm a little bit encouraged by that i also have questions about that we know donovan mitchell i believe had that ankle injury going into this first round series against the grizzlies he missed that game one and i'm wondering if he is 100 percent. if he's not then it's going to be a lot easier for the Clippers to shut him down, put Marcus Morris on him or put Kawhi Leonard on him and slow him down. Uh, and the Jazz have a lot of players on their roster that can score. They did this by committee sure. during the regular season. But I also think it may have been a case of piling on during a season where things were so irregular. So I don't put a whole lot of weight on this team being the one seed, even though they are in the West, which we both agree are head and shoulders above the East, other than those top three teams in the East. So it's, it's a tough call. The other question that I have about the jazz is if Rudy Gobert can stay on the court in the fourth quarter, because along with the jazz who made over 17 threes per game in the regular season, the Clippers were right up there with them, um, you know, shooting for a good stretch of the season above 40% from the three-point line. So I think they have the firepower to keep up with them. And then I think when you're looking at – you always want to look at the matchups, right? So you have on the Jazz, your top player is a shooting guard followed by a center. And then on the Clippers, you have two wings that are excellent. Paul George has been playing actually pretty well. Uh, has not uh, disappointed as as he did last offseason to this point. Now, it's it's early, of course. But yeah. I just think when you look at the build of these teams and that it's not like the Jazz are going to be dumping it into Gobert to dominate on the inside like you would if Embiid was their center instead. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Clippers in six. Yeah, um, totally feel you there. Um Let's get sad <laughs> and let's move oh, no. on and talk about some uh, teams that are not moving on in the playoffs, and that is the Portland Trailblazers and the Dallas Mavericks. Now, um, with Portland, we, we see them fire their coach, Terry Stotts. He's gone. And, again, we're in the rumor mill, and we'll, we'll talk about this with our guest, Justin Quinn, later on this week. But, you know, all the usual suspects are have been named, and I think um, Jason Kidd was even mentioned, but he pulled his name out of consideration, I guess. As I think, And today. Damian Lillard requested him. Yeah, which 
I'm like, I don't, Jason Kidd is not an appeal, at least in my book. So I guess it comes down to Damian Lillard, right? Like, ultimately, it's kind of a catch-22 with a lot of these players. You stay, you're loyal, and you don't win a championship. You're seen as somewhat of a failure. Look at Charles Barkley, right? And now it's in the 90s. How many times is Shaq going at him? I think unfairly. But nevertheless, Shaq's going at him about, you know, not winning a championship. Um, and I think it's only gotten worse nowadays with social media. So for Damian Lillard, who is an incredible player, um, easily, you know, can prove himself in the playoffs nine times out of ten, I would say more than I would say at James Harden, in my opinion, for sure. If you're him, if you're CJ McCollum, what do you do in this situation? Is a coach really going to change that much? Or ultimately they need – a third superstar there. And this team just needs to be rebuilt from the ground up with these two in mind to be a, just a championship contender because the way things are, it's clearly this team is cannot get it done in, in this fashion. And as it's been like even before Melo got there, it's abundantly clear they just can't get it done um, despite um, their success. So what do you think would be the best course of action for Portland um, if you're like their GM? What do, what do you do? Well, I, first off, I, I think they messed up by letting Terry Stotts go. I, yeah, I don't really. think they're going to find a better replacement <laughs> coach for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he forgot how to coach. I think the I, – and I know he's had some time, but I, I think this roster was not really built for them to succeed. Uh, I, I don't think they have a very big defensive presence – and they're just easy to run over on, on that side of the court. And you can only do so much if you're Damian Lillard. I mean, look how many clutch shots that he hit in that game where he scored 55 points, yeah. and it still was not enough. I mean, a historic performance almost played perfect. I mean, we're talking 12 for 17 from three-point range, 71% field goal percentage in the game, and it, it mm-hmm. wasn't enough. I mean, you're, you're talking better than some games with my my player on NBA 2K. <laughs> And uh, and still wasn't enough. So I, I think I see this team as kind of stuck where they are right now. I, I don't see them improving um, as far as the coach that they're going to get. And they're typically not a hotbed for free agent signings. So it's I, I can't project uh, the Blazers as like a top four West team this year. I could project them as like a play in team. Mm-hmm. But I just don't I, – I think they're handcuffed. I think the only player that they keep is Damian Lillard right now, of course, and everyone else is on the table. And I know yeah. that Damian Lillard is going to be part of that process. And we had that great interview with Danny Meringue that you guys can check out yeah. to hear some of Damian Lillard's backstory. But I, I know that he kind of wants to do it with his guys. But I think the C.J. McCollum, uh, Damian Lillard experiment is, is over. I think they need to get rid of C.J., get him for some other assets. Um, even if that's like, um, you know, more of like a, a 3 and D kind of wing player to go along next to him because obviously Damian can score. So I don't know, but I'm not very encouraged for the future of this team. I could see them taking a step back next year, and then you're going to hear the media get louder and louder about Dame, it's time to leave Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Where do you see this team going, though, and and what should they be trying to do this offseason? I think the clocks ran out in terms of what they're, I guess, 
what they can do, it's tough because I think another follow-up interview with Danny Morang would be quite nice to really assess what assets they have heading into this offseason. Um, the pressure is going to be on Damian Lillard because what he can do with this team and I mean, what he can do as a player himself, his ability. So it's kind of his choice, I would say. The ball's in his court. I mean, ultimately, sure. people want to play with him. And so you basically go to any team he wants, and they're going to be a title contender immediately, just depending on if they have a couple of all-stars. So I think the question he has to really ask himself, is he really ride or die with the Portland Trailblazers or not? Um, I mean, does he truly want to see him? Dis- is it beyond this, you know, is it, as some people have put it, the reward is the struggle, not necessarily winning the championship. If that's more important, then he should stay in Portland. If he wants a championship, he can't win in Portland. So only he can answer that question. And I don't, I'm not going to disrespect him by picking either option. You know, I think I respect his loyalty. If he wants to stay in Portland, so be it. And if he wants to go and get a a ring, he's going to be a contributor. And I'm down for that too. Um, I think it might be hypocritical for from my for myself because I was so upset about the whole Kevin Durant thing. But I mean, he went to an elite team that beat him. I mean, that was a little. I, that was my yeah. problem with it. Yeah. So I, I think with Lillard, I I don't think he's going to do that. Um, I, I would say the only thing I would kind of watch out for is you know he's been critical of guys teaming up in in other cities. Um, mm-hmm. So he kind of does that. I mean, it's going to look badly upon him. So I would express caution regarding that. But everything else you said, Matt, I think I, I think we're on the same page. Um, I, I don't think a new coach is going to change anything with that roster intact. So, yeah, I mean, and and you know, in, in fairness to the Blazers, we have to see what they do, what kind of moves they make. I mean, sure. I, I don't <laughs> think you bring back anyone who's expiring right now unless there are a couple uh young assets like i I don't know where zach collins is and his contract and and things like that but um you know the the noise that you hear is dame to the celtics dame to the lakers dame to the warriors those are those are the three that get blasted in my opinion that would be damaging to his brand to the point that i would advise him not to if I were on, you know, his, if I was agent or, or his team or whatever. But I mean, of course, you know, it, for any player, I, I'm all for you doing what you want to do. I just think it would be really bad for his brand to leave yeah, Portland. And I do think that, and this goes back to the past decade of basketball that we've seen. Like, I think one Cleveland title for LeBron carried more weight than those heat titles did for him. I think um, and, and would have carried more had he not left to the heat. And again, sure. I was someone who supported him going there. Um, yeah. I, I think one title in OKC carries more weight than the two Durant won in Golden State. Uh, I, I think titles are are weighed differently now, now that we're in the player empowerment era. And I, I think people will, and maybe that's controversial to say right now, but I, I don't think, you know, six titles on a super team is going to outshine Jordan six titles on, on the bulls, for example, where he stayed there. And I, I get the sense that there are fans out there who are craving a little bit more team loyalty. Like the, the pendulum is always swinging in different directions. We've swung 
well towards player empowerment and and probably fairly so you know given when that all started and went down and i i think we're gonna see the pendulum maybe start swinging back the other direction but then again you look at the nets and maybe i'm completely off base there i hope so um i want to shift if you don't mind to dallas mavericks maybe a similar conversation with them with luka Doncic. Uh, played phenomenally. I think he had what forty six points. Yeah, um, and they're right you know, third best in the Mavs playoff history. I mean, brutal. Just sucks just to see him just go down, lose that way. Um, what do you make of the Dallas Mavericks? And this is this is a little bit different because I think with Luca, especially his age and his game, he's I think being labeled as somewhat the heir apparent as one of the biggest superstars in this league. Now, what's unusual is that he's a foreign player. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think we've never had a a foreign face at the league before. So I'm I'm wondering, and especially in Dallas, which is a large city, but, you know, know, what's going to attract attention is, you know, New York, L.A., uh, Boston, Chicago. He's not in those markets per se. So overall, from a Dallas Mavericks perspective with Luka, how do you build, I think, how do you progress? Is it is Przingis even a part of their plans? Tim Hardaway Jr., like, can you win with those guys? Or do you think they need to just kind of start fresh, get rid of the, the playing board as best as possible once the salary and everything will allow it, and just start over and building from Luka? Because clearly he's, he's going to be a, a massive superstar in this league for a long time. So, so what, what do you make of them? Yeah, I so for me for the Mavs, I would be looking first off to bring in some some sort of veteran, so, someone with veteran experience. You know, like if an Al Horford were available for cheap, someone like that, like a chemistry glue guy that can give these youngsters on this team some direction, like someone who has made their run and can help out as far as that goes. Maybe get. Porzingis buying in a little bit more to this team and that I think that's the number one thing is what do they do with Porzingis is are you in or are you out man like are you are you going to be standing out on the three-pointer point line every game just hoping someone flips it out to you or are you going to be cutting the basket taking alley-oops from Luca like are are you in or are you out because we need to know that you're making way more money than a lot of big name players in this league, making more money right now than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, so you, we need to know if you're in and out. What, what are you doing? Um, but I, you know, in terms of Luca, I don't think you need to touch him. Like he already improved his post game a little bit at 22 years old. This coming into this season, he's going to improve even more. I don't doubt his worth work ethic. I think he's just going to continue to get better. And so with Luca, it's just like another year of time and experience on his under his belt. I do think I I'm much more bullish on this team's future than I am about the previous team we just discussed with the Trailblazers. Yeah, I I do see the Mavs getting past this the first round next year. I I would pencil that in as a, a projection for me right now is that I think the Mavs make the next step. But yeah, they they still have a lot to work of work to do this off season. Uh, I don't know. Am I being too rosy about this? Do you think Porzingis is a bigger hindrance? I've been on the Porzingis bandwagon. I like his game. Gosh, me too. too. And he was good. He's too injury prone. I think he's just a liability. It sucks. And also, which I think we've discussed this about, like there's been 
rumors and reports about like him and Luca not actually having cohesion as well. Like, I think it's time to move on and it's kind of start from scratch, unfortunately. Cause I think on paper, it seems like a really awesome idea. Like they should mesh together. Like yeah. it's, it sucks that that's not the case. It's a bummer. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think they might even need someone who's, um, well, I mean, of course they have Boban, but maybe mm. someone to pair alongside Boban and trade out. We know Boban doesn't play the entire game for this team. And some, sometimes Boban can be a liability in terms of speed and mm. uh, agility, for things sure. like that. But um, yeah, I mean, even, even if you're able to trade Porzingis to a team that is – uh, maybe a worse team in the league and, and looking to take a flyer on him. Like say if you can trade him to the wizards and get some younger pieces or some draft picks um, or maybe make it a three team trade for that veteran. And, and that I was referring to and uh, some draft picks, something like that. I, I think I, I would pull the trigger on that if Porzingis still is unhappy behind the scenes and is having chemistry issues with Luca because it's, it's clear. It's, I mean, it's like, you know, in Atlanta, there was an article that came out earlier this year that John Collins went to management and wasn't happy with the offense going through Trey young. And now that seems like, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you got to realize you are not the franchise. Like Trey Young is the franchise at this right. point, right? So you don't want to fight against the current of Luka no. Doncic. I mean, the guy who might be the next face of the league. So I don't know. If if I'm Porzingis, I try to make nice because Luka could get you another very, very hefty contract if you True. play your cards right. And if, if you show up and you cut to the basket, I, I think he's going to take Agreed. care of you. Yeah, and he's such a versatile player. I, I just, I, it's baffling to me why they can't make it work. It sucks. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, anything yeah. else you want to touch on, Matt, before we uh, step away? I think that's a mouthful for today. Just as as a reminder, you guys, we did project. Let's see. I had Brooklyn in seven. Uh, the, the Nets, of course, won game one. Justin, you had Brooklyn in six. Um, we, of course, had James Harden with that injury to his hamstring. Steve Nash sounded sounded like I, I saw uh, Chris Milholland, a friend of the show, uh, Nets correspondent, one of them here yeah, with our sure. show, was saying sure. that James Harden was in good spirits today. So he'll likely be back later in the series would be my guess. So I, I think Brooklyn still has enough that they can get by, and I, I still like that pick. But I do think the door is opened a little bit more, especially if the Bucks can take – well, and they have to take advantage in this next game too. Um, and then we also both picked Philadelphia in five against Atlanta. Now I – Oh, boy. <laughs> I want, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Atlanta oh winning game one earlier <laughs> yeah. today. But I, I will – uh, you know, c- cover my behind and, and our collective podcast behind by saying that the meniscus injury wasn't an issue when we made that pick. So yeah. Embiid did play in game one, which I was surprised to see. But man, I I would not be shocked now if Atlanta can, um, can get through. Um, so it's going to yeah. be fascinating to see lots of great playoff basketball coming up. We're going to see some stars rise and make their mark in the West. So, um, you know, we'll see if something big happens, we'll be on with an emergency podcast sooner than a week. If not, we'll see you guys next week for the main show. Yep, absolutely. As always, you can check us out on social media. 
send us an email, hoochologypod at gmail.com. We are a member of the Off the Glass Basketball Network. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the various podcast platforms below. If you're listening via audio, then you know where to catch us, so don't need to run that down. And again, a uh, big thank you to all of our guests. Um, really a pleasure to have them on. And um, you're going to really enjoy the interviews this week with Kyle Russell and then Dr. Justin Quinn um, breaking down the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. So for Matt Thomas, I'm Justin Goodgen. We'll see you next time. Peace.